Mohamed, let's start with some companies' news. A pick and pay. I see uh, their results came out and they've exceeded market forecasts. How did they manage to do this? What happened? <laughs> well, I mean, if you have a look at that, uh, Sakina, the, the, the results of pick and pay well received by the market. I mean, the stock was one of the top performers yesterday, so it ended up north of 4.5% yesterday, but this in the context of a stock that's really struggled over the course of the last 12 months. So I think beating fairly downbeat market expectations, uh, yes, that's a positive uh, but if we have a look at it, a lot of that centered around cost-cutting. So we saw you know, a significant amount of cost-cutting coming through in terms of pick and pay, a lot of paying down of, of debt. Uh, and, and, and whilst this immediate result is still quite good, I think the outlook for the consumer does remain fairly downbeat. Something interesting for me, obviously, is, I mean, in terms of cost-cutting, it does protect margins today, it does protect profitability today, which is why we actually saw earnings up around 28%. But longer term, something that's becoming more of a trend, I mean, you mentioned a lot of this escom and, 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 and this load sharing that's going to happen over the weekend and so forth, and that's hurting your retail sector quite significantly, bearing in mind that the shoppers need to continue buying stuff. And so a lot of these retailers are effectively running generators to keep the lights on, and that's starting to eat into those margins. So you know, for me... Uh, yes, a good solid set of results, but the sustainability thereof is still questionable. The market did receive it quite well, but going forward, the outlook for the consumer does continue to look a little bit constrained. Mm. And just looking at what's happening in Japan, Mohammed, uh, Japan has recorded its first trade surplus since 2012. Yes, I mean, this, this is some good news. You'll recall, I mean, the Japanese policy around weakening their currency hasn't worked for them. And the reason why it hasn't worked for them has been the fact that they've been running these massive, massive trade deficits. They've been importing a lot more than they've been exporting. And, and the reason for that is because in the wake of that Fukushima nuclear disaster, they've had to import a lot of their fuel. Uh, what subsequently happened is over the course of the last couple of months, given the decline we've seen in terms of energy prices, and then also last month we did have the Asian lunar year, uh, and, and so that effectively created some sort of variance in terms of this month's data. It has pushed Japan's trade uh, balance into a surplus, but also let's not detract from the fact that the Japanese exported a lot more. So we saw Japanese exports surging over the course of the last month as well, and that's to be seen as a positive. If they can sustain this deficit, why is it important to us in South Africa, I think that, again, kind of gives some sort of impetus to a Japanese growth story, but doesn't detract from the need for more stimulus. And so if they stimulate that economy even further, we could potentially still see that yen come under pressure. And remember, South Africa does trade with Japan. We buy a whole bunch of automobiles from Japan, the likes of Toyota and so forth, all coming out of that region. And so we need to actually see some sort of sustained yen weakness come through, uh, and that hopefully spilling over into a sustained low prices for anything that we actually buy from the Japanese. Mm. And just finally, Mohammed, uh, all eyes on local inflation data that's due out later today. What can we expect there? So that's really big, being the big focal point. It's been fairly quiet on the macroeconomic data front. Uh, we're expecting CPI data out today uh, in South Africa. And, and I think if, we, if you cast your mind back, we actually had CPI posting to a low in February. That was close to around the 3.5% mark. Expectations right now, I mean, last month we had it actually tick higher. And, and, and so we expect that higher trend to continue in, in terms of this month. The consensus expectation for inflation to move back up above that 4 and stay above the 4% mark. Uh, and bearing in mind longer term, over the course of this year, we would expect that to move closer towards that 6% level at the tail end of the year. Uh, what does this mean for us? It means that whilst the Reserve Bank has some ability to keep interest rates flat for now, 
certainly into the tail end of the year, but as we move into the latter part of this year and then probably early next year, that impetus for keeping rates flat will dissipate as the base effect of the lower petrol prices gets working, as the RAND, for example, uh, you know, if we see the RAND resume any further weakness, that will start to come through. And then more importantly or most importantly, we've had a rising uh, food prices come through, and that's likely to come through to inflation in the latter part of this year. So let's see what that number actually shows us, and we can unpack it tomorrow for the listeners as well.